Hello and welcome to the Along for the Ride podcast. As always, I'm Greg and I am joined by Mark. He's, 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 he's alive and well, just about. Yeah, only just, Greg. Yeah, well, obviously started last week talking about playoff fever and um, struck down you were. I was. I mean, I don't think it was last week. I think it was two weeks ago. The last, the last episode we were yeah, able yeah. to get up. So, so two weeks ago, and you know the um, what's that word irony mean? Um, attempt at humour. We started that episode with me faking playoff fever, yeah. And then, as as you kind of rightly pointed out, I was then struck down and, and being very ill. Yeah, uh, I mean taking, li- taking lots of drugs. We we filmed that one evening as we were filming this one evening. Literally the next day, I got a text. Saying he's not very well. He's actually, you know, after joking about it, it's come down. And at that point, the only sympathy I, I think you got was a reply saying karma. Um, but yeah, we, we've gone back to, you know, just out of COVID TV restrictions. We've hung a shower curtain up to, you know, provide some separate. No, we've not. And um, we're just back as normal. And that means we're talking all things riders. Yeah, just, just one final thing on that. Um, just because I've taken lots of drugs. And I, I just want to emphasize that legally prescribed drugs. Um, so just as so, there's no uncertainty around that. I mean, I've heard steroids. Well, so, steroids so, I've, as so illegally prescribed. Yeah, you could and, be looking, you know, mighty, mighty meaty at the well, weekend. Well, I, I think at the weekend, I'm hoping to be down at the O2. Um, if anybody confuses me, upper body looking a little bit like Jabril Adekoya, it will be me. Yeah, I mean, I've often thought that you and Jabril look the same. <laughs> if my eyes are closed, <laughs> yeah. But so, they're, so they're, there might yeah. be the occasional cough. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah there, there may be. And in, in your absence, uh, you know, I've had lots of le- listeners approaching me in, uh, while really? you've been away. Yeah, really. Go um, on. Tell had, me more. I had people asking me if I was wearing skeechers. Sketches. Well, you're saying it right now. You didn't on the flipping podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I was wearing skeechers, the answer to that is no, never. Um, Although I have heard since it was mentioned on the pod that. Uh, the kind of the stock market trade has gone up substantially. Uh, um, well, who, who knows? That's just a rumour. Yeah. That I may have made a up. A rider's rumour. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I don't know whether... You know how people seem to think their phone listens to them and they suddenly get adverts for it? I think that somehow my radio's listened to me. I can't drive anywhere in the car without Jamie Redknapp telling me about what, you know, support is getting in his shoe really? from a sketcher. Really? Yeah, old wow. Jamie Redknapp. We can't get rid of him. Blimey. Um, but yeah, I also was approached by one of our other listeners. Come on. Um, it's always good to name check. Yeah, well, Ian. Ian. Yeah. Hello, Ian. Um, asking me what was wrong with sketches and that he's got a pair. There's nothing wrong with them. In your opinion. Um... <laughs> And Jamie Redknapp's opinion, apparently. Of course, yes. He loves the support the shoe yeah. provides. Yes. Um, and while you've been away, I feel like I've become a minor celebrity. I've been signing autographs. Really? Yeah. T-shirt. No way. Yeah. I think it was Pete um, from Firmerston. Okay. Hi, pro- Pete. Pro- approached and said he's listened to all the, every episode of the podcast so far. So somebody else who has insomnia. Yeah. A glutton for it. punishment, by the yes. sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asked yeah, me to yeah, sign yeah. one of the King City playoff t-shirts. King for his City. Son, Lucas. Yeah. yeah. So, Fantastic. Yeah. So hello, Pete. And, and hello, everyone. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Absolutely. And I think, I think let, let's just quickly revisit King City. Because obviously I've not been to any of the four playoff games. 
but I've obviously watched all four from a sick bed. Mm. Uh, and I think the playoff T-shirts with the hashtag King City on, on our home court has looked great uh, via the TV. I think it's looked fantastic. Yeah, and hopefully there'll be a little piece explaining a little bit more detail. But yeah, you know, obviously King Richard, the last what, monarch... Um, Slade in Battle in UK, 1485. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is a year and not a time. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, just, just a little tale, you know, a little bit of nod to history of the city. Um, definitely. Now, hence the King City. Um, weirdly, I looked up, you know, because we'd gone with this King City mantra, where Rip City had come from for yes. Portland, which obviously. I know the answer it, to that. Go it's on. sort of where, it, where initially the, the thought was sprung. And yeah, basically a commentator just got excited when they scored a shot against the Laker right. and went, Rip City, baby! Absolutely. And off the back of that, they've been Rip City every, every since. Which is bizarre, isn't it? Just a yeah. commentator just throws out that random comment and suddenly it's embedded yeah. within their kind of, yeah. who they are. Yeah, their DNA. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely yeah. incredible. It's got that way, but just shows how these things can happen. It's a, a lovely little sort of thread of, of Leicester history and a little bit about who we are. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there's lots of stuff talking about kings recently. Everyone's got obsessed with Coronation Street. I can't work it out. No, I can't. Just, just finally, in terms of supporters, really, I just kind of uh, just want to also quick shout out and a thank you, an act of kindness, which uh, which I think we should always welcome. Act of kindness. It's a Jackie who's kind of who produced a series of fantastic cupcakes, by the way. So really, she has now become the official maker of cakes. For the Long for the Ride podcast. So there you go, Jackie. Thank you for that act of kindness. It's much appreciated. It's very thoughtful of you. And you are now the official maker of cakes. The official maker of cakes. Um, so there we go. Um, and I guess while we're anointing Jackie, maker of cakes, it, it, it's been award season. It around is. the WBBL and BBL, it's starting, it's sort of ongoing, and there's yes. been a number of different fives sort of mentioned so far, and we're going to discuss those. We are going to talk about that. Uh, a little bit. We might we, even get a little bit irate about some of them. Yeah, so we agree with some stuff, we don't yeah. agree with other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair, and I think anyone that looks at at least one of the fives can't agree with it, I don't know how it's come to be. But anyway, uh, we digress, but we'll come on to that. Before we do, um, we've had some playoff semi-final action, and we're going to start with the women. Yeah, okay, let's start with the WBBL. WBBL, they had a very exciting, close home quarterfinal against Essex. They managed to get through that. And then, sort of in this recent weekend, they took the trip up to Caledonia. Which is in Glasgow. Which is in Glasgow, apparently. Hell of a trip. Heck of a trip. So they would have gone in there as the lower seed. Lower seed, away Um, from home, underdogs. Underdogs. Which is going to be a theme of ours, I think. It is a little bit, yeah. So, yeah. And they came away with a, the mass, win. a massive win, a fantastic result for, for the women. Um, Coach Krumesh Patel, um, they won 50 to 69, led by an incredible performance from Oliana Squires. And I know Coach Krumesh talks to that it's never about one player, but her stat line is ridiculous. 25 points, seven rebounds, a 29 index for wow. Oliana Squires. 25 points. She's got half of Caledonia points on her own. So, fantastic result for Oliana, Coach Krumesh Patel, and and obviously, all of the WBBL Leicester Riders. That, of course, means they'll be playing in game one of the finale, the season finale. Top of the bell. Um, the last dance. The last dance. Uh, save it. Um, 
on Sunday at the O2 Arena. They tip at, I believe, one fifteen. Yeah, so if you can get down there to support the, the, the girls as well, that'd be much appreciated. Yeah, doors open at half twelve, so Allegedly. about 45 minutes before the girls' game. Although they definitely opened late last year. I'm they not, did. I'm not even sure they were open for the tip-off of the women's game, but that's a side bar. Although we were there, weren't we? So... We we were in, were we? We, we weren't in for the start of the women's game. We're not. I believe. No. Okay. Um, but we watched most of the women's yeah, game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but not all of it because the riders' women weren't involved. Right. Okay. That's why. So, but anyway, um, yeah, fantastic result. And I, th- I believe for the team, obviously we're one club and all, but for the team, the first time that the riders' women have made three out of three finals in a season, which is a fantastic achievement in itself. Obviously, we know London has been incredibly powerful, and so far, we've not got the better of them. I say so far. Um, but yeah, a fantastic achievement by Krumesh and his team. And actually, um, I think they've got a real shot, a real chance of winning. It's going to be difficult. There's no you know yeah, bones about yeah, it. Yeah. It's going to be incredibly tough, but London Lions' best player, in my opinion, is Kiki um, Harrigan, Herbert Harrigan. Um, obviously, she left the team... Um, to go and get involved with WNBA pre-season season training, which has been cut. But anyway, um, as far as I'm aware, she's not returned. So unless she makes a bit of a she rocks surprise yes. appearance Sunday, yes. I think it's a massive change to London. I think if you also, as I'm going off on a tangent here, if you look at the performance in the first cup final, which was the cup final at Birmingham, and how the our women you know performed there, obviously wasn't their best and something they're a little bit disappointed about. But if you look at the improvement from there to the trophy final up in Glasgow, it was imma- it was immense. It was almost like watching a completely different riders team. If they can make a similar level of improvement again, yeah, without Kiki, I really think that they can yes. win. Well, he, she was the difference in the trophy Absolutely. final. Absolutely, 100% agreed. She was the MVP of the game, I think, wasn't she? Um, yeah. Uh, and, and kind of carried London across the line. Now, we know they've got other weapons as well, mm-hmm. um, and somebody else is likely to step up for them. But there's a real opportunity, and again, the, the step up from the cup to the trophy was was huge and immense. Yeah. Uh, and I know they'll be locked in and looking to, to get that um, that final victory. Yeah, oh, don't get me wrong, we'll need to play well. And, you know, Oliana, if she has another fantastic game, and, you know, we're big fans of Ashley Arlen's game, um, if she turns up and plays well, they really, you know, I have genuine belief and not just complete riders' bias that they can do it. But it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult. But of course, we're behind them. We'll be watching on Sunday, supporting. Um, so good luck to Coach Krumesh and all the WBBL side as they, you know, head to London um, to beat the London Lionesses in the uh, fingers crossed WBBL playoff final. Well, they'll give it their best shot. Yeah. Um, so I guess moving on from that, we had. BBL semi-final action, uh, again, just to sort of brush over it because we've been away a week, we took on Sheffield in a two-legged semi-final, uh, quarter-final, um, which we came through, we won. Um, won both legs. Won both legs um, to get through to the semi-finals, where we took on the Bristol Flyers, um, who had a same record as us in league uh, play. Um, they were the third seed, and a team that been really difficult for us to play against in the season and up until this weekend the home team had won every game that changed uh, <laughs> and it was also wasn't it remind me greg i could kind of cram i'm still a bit feverish over here in the corner sure um was it first one to 91 one 
no one got to 91 at any point. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that was the regular season. That was season, the regular season. Apart it? from the last home game we had, yes, we um, the winning out. team also always got to 91, 91 points, one. which yeah, is something yeah. we spoke about on the Bristol Flyers post, pod uh, yeah, when we were yeah, on yeah. there with yeah, Joel yeah. and Sam. And Sam actually spoke to me you know, when he made the trip up to Leicester. So it was good to see him. Yes. Um, but yeah, realistically, really interesting game. Obviously, we started on Friday night down in Bristol. Um, Riders took the win 77-84. Great win. Fantastic win. I mean, um, obviously, um, as as Rob will talk to in his interview piece, um, obviously we had a massive lead partway through the second quarter. We got to 26 points yeah. lead. And in these aggregate affairs, it, obviously you always want to try and finish with the highest possible lead. It's not always possible. Everybody knows, and it's an old cliche for a reason, that basketball is a game of runs. Um, but I think we did an excellent job in the early part of that game of keeping Bristol off the offensive glass. I don't think they had an offensive rebound in quarter one. And as a result, because they're not the most efficient team on offense, they only had 11 points, which was, was massive, put us in the box seat, and we were able to see that out and come away with a seven-point um, win in Bristol. And what was... Pleasing for me, but go on, sorry. No, I was going to say, we, we know that's the first time we've won on that floor this season. I was mm. just trying to flick back to last season and whether we'd won on their floor last season. I'm struggling to remember that we ha- did win. I could be wrong. I think we did win at least one there last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, but we, it's just been, a, in the last two seasons, mm. clearly been a difficult place for us to go and, and come away with the W. So it was you know, incredibly impressive um, to do so on that Friday night. Yeah, and, and obviously um, some fantastic performances. But what struck me about, we look at point scoring, and actually going to talk about how I think point scoring is a little bit of a hollow stat sometimes in a bit, but Riders had six players hit double figures. So that talks to everyone chipping in, everyone doing a bit. And the players that didn't get in double figures, you had um, Carrington, who got eight points, um, alongside five assists. So some of the players that didn't make it to double figures still contributing other ways so, as well. Yeah, yeah definitely. So um, a fantastic team performance from the Riders. Um, so yeah, really, really good result. Anything that sort of stood out for you on that game? I don't think anything uh, further away um, from the away game, other than you know they um, they had to lean into. I mean, we know Vijay King's not been fully fit, and they've they've had him coming off the bench, but he was their standout performer um, away. I think he got twenty three points, something like that. So yeah. led them coming off the bench. Um, so yeah, I think um, you know fantastic job. And then we come to the return leg. On the Sunday, yeah, just but, before just before the return leg, go on. I, I have a personal highlight from the away game. Okay, go on. So also, we, you didn't travel because you weren't very well. Yeah. Um, I had work, so I wasn't able to travel to make it in time. So I watched it with you uh, and my mum. Uh, we were watching the game, and at one point, she was screaming at the TV that Delpesh, I believe, I think it's Malcolm. It could be Marcus. Who knows? Yeah, Malcolm Delpesh um, was travelling. And the thing is, he would have been if he had the ball. Okay. He'd passed it off. Okay. So he was just walking down the lane and mum's screaming at the TV for a travel. The thing is, you see, you kind of have people of our age, <laughs> uh, me and your mother's age, um, you know, things are beginning to deteriorate, including our vision. So, uh, you know, and our ability to cognitive appraise situations accurately, you know, just begin to go a little bit south. There you go. So that that's my justification for that, you know. <laughs> But she always brings the passion, you know that. that. that that's it, yeah. Always um, bring the passion. 
That's it. And uh, and bring the passion to Sunday. Yeah. In the the old right, the whole crowd did um, in the end. It got really noisy. I think I watched part of it back on Sky. Well. And it, it was noticeable. Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is, you know, credit to you. Um, in terms of doing the um, the game night commentary uh, and, and the supporters that were there, um, again I watched it from a six bed uh, at home. But the the noise that was generated and the atmosphere that generated came through and transcended the if that's a word uh, the television set. And actually, even Daniel Radcliffe and uh, um, Anthony Rowe commented on a couple of occasions how loud it was in there. Mm. So it felt like. It was a fantastic atmosphere generated. Yeah, I, due I, due to how great and close the get and nail bite in the game was, of course. Um, and obviously, everyone that wasn't wearing a pink t shirt was willing, you know, riders to to try and get back and get through and, and really try and egg them on, urge them on. But I think the atmosphere was helped that you know Bristol had a very good travelling support. Yeah, um, and they added to the atmosphere, of course. But that you know, again, it's easy to travel on a Sunday bank holiday weekend mm. with a tip off at that, that time in a in an arena of our size was you flip it round friday night um late people working mm. um it's a small gym i think would only have probably been entitled 25 tickets yeah. you know the kind of the reverse of being able to travel with a you know a, a sizable supporting um, support for, for for riders, it's kind of um, chalk and cheese. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously, most of our home games are on Friday, so I guess you know other people um, are affected that when they come to riders on a normal. But this wasn't. Um, but yeah, I think long term BBL Friday night games are great, but it really does hamper any away support because people, you know, a lot of people work. do work for a living. They do. Um, not everyone's retired like you. No. Um, so yeah, the home game riders lost the game. But we won the tie. Uh, obviously, aggregate affairs in the uh, BBL playoffs, um, for this season at least. Yeah, yeah. We'll come to that a bit later. Um, riders lost 75-79. Carrying a seven-point advantage from the first time meant that we won an aggregate by three points. Yes. And are, of course, heading to the 0-2. I guess headlined um, Mark Loving, 18 points personal um alongside four rebounds. Made some big shots. Made some big shots. And I guess a surprising leader for Bristol was Delpesh. 23 points yeah, for Delpesh. Yeah, played really well. And he did play really well. I was really impressed with him. Um, but, uh, and, and you'll speak to this to rob a little bit about calmness, um, without giving too much away. Um, I was convinced... From 3.43 onwards that we were going to the O2 Arena. 3.43 remaining in the fourth quarter. Oh, I was going to say, from the beginning of the game? From the fourth quarter? Fourth quarter, okay. quarter onwards, we were going. We were going. And uh, uh, Zach hits a three with 3.43 remaining. Okay. And at that point, I kind of felt, and I kind of almost knew, that we weren't going to lose by seven points. <clears throat> we yeah. might not necessarily win on the day, Yes, but I knew that we would do enough. Yeah that we had the ability to make enough plays that we were going to the O2 Arena. I had that confidence. Yeah. We need to get into kind of hearing Rob's perspective. But but be- just before we do that, it kind of, again, from my sick bed, the kind of, I was thinking, yes, of course I was anxious. I was on tender hooks uh, with 101 temperature um, at the time. So slightly delirious. Were, were you sick? You haven't mentioned it. <laughs> It's yeah. like, like talking about the king being coronated. It yeah, yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it, my thoughts, I thought they had their big push 
um, to get where they wanted to be right at the end of the third yeah. and perhaps just lipping over into the fourth. And I thought, they've mistimed that. Mm. Um, that that run needs to come with the last two or three minutes in the fourth. Yeah. I thought, they've mistimed that. And I, I kind of felt, because all we needed to do was go on a five, six-point run and we're back where we need to be. Um, so in that sense, I thought we were always in control. I guess the other thought that I've, I've kind of thought in terms of aggregate, it is, and various commentators have said that it plays with your head a little bit, yeah. and it's always at the back of your thinking. I think if we needed to have won that game, I believe we would have won it. Mm. The fact that we was got one eye on the aggregate score didn't mean that we forced and pushed to win. We contained the game. We controlled the game. Yeah. So on the night, the result will say that we lost that game. Yeah. I think if aggregate wasn't involved, I'm not sure. I think we still win on the night. Yeah, and, and, and you'll obviously approach the ending differently. And I guess mm. we'll see that if, if reports are true going forwards. Um, but, I, yeah, I sort of agree. We weren't pushing. We were looking to use clock. Whereas Bristol, who on the night were leading... We're looking to push tempo, we're looking to push pace, get quick shots and then trying to, you know, force fouls or whatever to stop the clock, which obviously in a normal game situation would never happen when you're leading. Yeah. Um, so it, it is difficult um, and different. But, you know, I think experience shown, um, eight Eighth time, Coach Rob will be heading to the yeah. playoff final. Impressive out of, stat. Out, out of only 14 attempts, obviously he's been our coach 15 seasons, but one season was stopped due to yes, COVID. Yes. So there was no playoff. So eight out of 14. Um, so yeah, fantastic achievement. I think that experience, that know-how really got us through. But I guess before we sort of move on to speaking from any of those important voices, you're going to have a little bit... There's been some news surrounding Bristol. Um, yeah. They're going to be entering the Northern European Basketball League. And yeah. Do, do you see value in that? Is it a good move for British basketball or the VBL? Well, I guess, I guess me being me, it's been promoted as a, as a step in the right direction for, for BBL basketball and promoting British basketball. And, <clears throat> you know, at surface level, um, you know, you can't disagree with that at, at one level. And you don't want to really quash team's ambitions at all um and uh, you know i i'm going to be the um, the dave forrester in the corner okay. of the room okay so that's um, the dave forrester hat on at the moment just to give a, a slightly alternative take on 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 that announcement really yeah. um and i mean the first thing i would say the bristol flyers has, has had has been reported the best season that they've ever had. Yeah. And they've been a fantastic team. And they've performed really well. Mm-hmm. They've broken, I think, all their club records. So big up to them. Certainly within the BBL, yeah. Yeah, big up to them. Fantastic performance. Um, but then it's just, I'm just, think, I'm just picking at the thinking, the logic, in terms of then going into that particular league. It's a non-FIBA sanctioned league. Yeah. I guess that's the first thing. And I know that to be true because... Because FIBA wouldn't accept the venue. The, absolutely. That gym is just not compliant standard-wise. So that's mm. the first thing. And kind of the rationale that I've heard um, coming out of Bristol is around wanting to test ourselves around the European basketball. <clears throat> Here's a couple of thoughts from me, my personal thoughts around that. Um, I admire the ambition. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that's great to, to do that. But um, a couple of things. A, you're going to need at least probably, I think they're going into Europe, 
three or four times for that particular season. Um, you want an extra probably 20, 30 grand to, minimum, be, able, minimum. to, to be able to do that. So um, you've got to be able to confident that you can raise that income. Um, you're testing yourselves against... You know, a higher level of team generally from what I've, I've had a quick look. Teams that I've played in the Euro Cup, Champions League, excellent Polish, Lithuanian, Estonian, Ukrainian teams. So kind of there's a chance that you could actually um, not win a game. That's, yeah. that's the first thing. And if you want to test yourself in European, here's the thing for me. You've been nine years in the BBL. Where do you think you are in the in, in kind of in the BBL testing yourself against the best teams in the BBL? Mm. And I just think after nine seasons, you've had a great season, but how many pieces of silverware have you won in nine years? Well, in the BBL, they've never won anything. Okay, and this has been their best finish, finishing third, which big up then is fantastic. So, in, 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 so why then do you go from that level to want to test yourself to what I would suggest and what it looks like? a higher level mm. surely if you're a Bristol supporter you want the opportunity to a trip to um, the cup final in Birmingham the playoff final in the O2 as a Bristol supporter surely that that's kind of more kind of something that you want to do rather than to watch a streamed game on a Tuesday or Wednesday night away in Poland yeah and I, I think it talks to and, and in this country we have this debate a lot specifically with Premier League football teams would you rather finish fourth and play in the Champions League and win nothing or would you rather finish just outside and win something um, and I guess from a Leicester City perspective a few seasons ago people were, were quite happy to win the FA Cup and miss out on the Champions League because they'd won something there was something tangible to it yes. um, I don't obviously speak for all Leicester City fans um, there was something tangible involved and yeah <laughs> I'm sort of simply thinking, do you need to test yourself at the next level if you're not winning at the current level? And when I say winning, I'm I'm obviously being a little harsh there because they are winning games, they've had the best season ever, they've got a winning record, etc, etc. But they've never won a single piece of silverware. So is it time to move on? Because you'd argue that they've not even completed or, you know, the step that they're currently on. Absolutely. Um, But absolutely, you know, admire the ambition and, and I think it's with a view that when they get their new arena, which is on the horizon, finally, um, that um, they'll look to enter FIBA-affiliated competitions. Yeah, and you know, when they get the new venue, that'll come with its own huge, serious challenges, Mm. uh, which they've not had to grapple with. The obvious one is bums on seats. Yeah, of course. Okay, it's going to come, you're going to a much, much bigger venue. It's going to come and present its own challenges but anyway i feel like i've been the damp squid in the corner i've been yeah. the dave forrester um and that was just my opinion personal opinion yeah no i sort of agree with a lot of it i'm, I'm not i'm not sure i, I perceive and, and perceptions obviously different for different people i don't perceive value in it mm. and, and that's and that's a big question but moving on because obviously this is the leicester riders yes. podcast along for the ride um this week the bbl and wbbl um sort of day by day since tuesday have been announcing some fives um starting with the british five defensive five and today um sorry not starting monday um starting and then today was the team of the year so the yes. best five effectively and defensive player of the year as well wasn't it is that defensive today? five no that was yesterday okay right so it's been basically one a day okay, okay. Uh, and I I assume we're leading up to probably Friday being the MVP. 
Yes. Um, now, so, the MVP probably won't be announced till Sunday at the game. It's normally announced before Is and it? then given okay. on Sunday. Stand corrected. Um, but, yeah, obviously, the first two that have been not, uh, sort of pulled out of the hat announced were the British Five was yes. the first one. And on the BBL side, a couple of riders have made it. And yes. I think thoroughly deserved. Absolutely. So they're, um, they're um, both, and I think as, as it's been portrayed on riders... Uh, media sources, part of the uh, Totty team. The Totty team the, of the, the year. year. Yeah. Yes, the Totty they team. Are top Totty. Top Totty. Yeah. Kimball McKenzie, Great Britain International. Yep. Patrick Whelan, Great Britain International. Yeah. They're joined by Jelani Watson Gale, Great Britain International. Josh Armour, Great British International. And Luke Nelson, GB International. International. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, no real kind of um, things to call out on that. No, um, yeah. I'm, I, the, the only person I'm, I might have, and again, you're going, I know what you're going to come back to me, who may have, I think, had a case for being in the starting five, and but garnered lots of um, lots of votes. Anyway, was Jimmel Anderson, I think. Yeah, who's had a great season. Yeah, former rider, and and before the season started, it started pretty well because he got a gold medal at the Commonwealth Games. He's had a baby. It's been a pretty good. Yeah, twelve months. Year for yeah. for Jamel. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I guess specifically talking about our two current riders, Kimball and Patrick. Uh, I think Kimball got thirteen votes. Patrick fourteen votes. There's ten teams. Each team's coach gets a gets a vote. Each team's captain gets a vote. So there's a maximum of twenty. You can't vote for yourself. Meaning, in reality, there's a maximum of eighteen. Okay. So Patrick's got fourteen out of eighteen. So not that far away from being unanimous. Yeah. yeah. And, and Kimball, 13. Yes. Uh, sorry. Come on. Yeah, 13 out of um, yeah. 18. But, and I, I've made a bit of an assumption here. We know what that leads to. In the BBL website, if you go onto it, it's sort of listed in an order. And I've taken that to mean that the order that they've voted people, there doesn't seem to be any merit to more points. But Kimball's listed in that number one spot for 10 of his votes. Okay, that's impressive. So, so I'm thinking that yeah, Kimball's yeah, been yeah. voted number one 10 times. Yeah, yeah. That kind of makes sense. But again, on, on the website, it's not in, in, you know, obviously clear. But I do have to say, it's the mm. first time that the BBL... BBL... <laughs> Not hell, BBL league, not hell. Yeah. Um, has done it in this way, and I think that's credit to them. I'm, I'm pleased mm. that they've announced it in this way, and it's great to see how the coaches and the captains from each team has voted. Yeah. So I think that that's fa- been a fantastic move uh, in the right de- direction to do it because it, it gives us opportunity to talk about things, yeah, doesn't it? Absolutely, I think it's much better that visibility, and it gives us discussion points around because there are people that have gathered, garnered votes, and they are. British eligible, but there's two players that have played internationally for different countries, countries on the yeah, list. Yeah. I think that's a you know a worthwhile discussion port. Um, Dushas played for Albania, and in his yes. getting to know you video, he, he um, talks about proudly, proudly being, being Albanian. Albanian. Um, <laughs> and Mioni has got at least one vote, and he's played I think for Nigeria. Okay. So yeah, yeah. both British eligible, and what's nationality? You know, it's hard to define. But interesting um, points of order, I feel. Um, and yeah, congratulations to Patrick and Kimball. Yes. Um, Defensive team of the year was named next. No rider makes the team. Yeah. Um, Interestingly. 
But four riders got one vote. So Jabril got one, Zach got one, Kimball got one, and Mark got one. The team, defensive team of the year was Jamel Anderson, Josh Sharma, uh, Larry Austin, or LA Baby, as he's like to be called, <laughs> Anthony Roberson, come back to him, and Princeton Onwas. And the reason I say I come back to Anthony Roberson is yes. Manchester Giants do not play defence. Yeah. How was a Manchester Just Giant a- <laughs> made defensive team of the year? Their coach, Vince, great speaker, is quite open in the fact that they don't play yeah. defence. How was a Manchester Giant made defensive team of the year. Yeah, I mean, that that's a slight odd one, um, really, because um, you're right, arguably one of the poorest defensive teams in the whole league, um, and yet they get a defensive player. Um, so I think that's that's one you, you know, is, is up there for critiquing and discussion. And we know we're kind of a little bit biased, but we, we kind of talk about, and we've regularly talked about two seasons, how great Jabril Adekoya is defensively, can guard anybody. Best hands in the league defensively, swiping down, stealing that ball, come up with some great plays for yeah. us. Um, and how he's not got a greater uh, number of votes and consideration is a little baffling for me. Yeah. Um, so the next team that came out was Team of the Year um, for the BBL and WBBL. WBBL, Ashley Arlen is in that. So congratulations to Ashley Arlen. She is captain of the women's side. She's made Team of the Year. So fantastic um, achievement and um, recognition um, for Ashley, which is fantastic. Um, and in terms of British team and defensive team for WBBL, none of the riders have made it, but Hannah Robb must hold some sort of record for most votes without getting in it. Because across both of those, she got a combined 13 votes and hasn't made either team. Yeah, um, but which is unfortunate. But again, recognition that she's got a decent amount of votes. Um, so I guess a little bit about that and a few other things. The playoff run. You spoke to Coach Rob. Yeah. Uh, uh, when you spoke to him, the t- sort of five had, had had broken for Team of the Year. Yes, which you, I didn't realize you'd not spotted, but Rob yeah, had. had. And yeah. I think from a rider's perspective, there was one obvious omission definitely which you talk about amongst the bristol flyers games um and looking a little bit forward um to the o2 so i'm just with coach rob rob we've not spoke for a a couple of weeks i've not been around very much um so i'd just like to if you just start off um today's conversation a little bit how you've seen us navigate through two tough playoff rounds against Sheffield and Bristol just your thoughts and assessment about about those two earlier um, encounters that you've got through yeah I thought Sheffield as a seven seed was a difficult seven seed they had been playing really good basketball one of the hotter teams in the league coming in so we knew it would be a challenge I thought we did a really good job on the on the road in game one I thought our um, concentration levels attention to detail and uh, defense was uh, what we needed in that game to come out with the lead and then you know obviously we came back home with that lead and held them off pretty good you know it was uh, it was a good two game run from us they are a tricky team to play they play like no other but we adapted the way we needed to adapt against them and came through with it and then Bristol obviously you know we're right next to them all season just pipped them at the end with the with the uh you know point differential and the win that we had against them so we finished two they finished three but um, we knew that was a challenge, and the, and the main challenge was, um, you know, going down to a place that we've struggled at this year and, and try to get a W. And I thought the first few plays of the game, first few minutes of the game, you could see there was an intensity in us t- to come out of there with a W. It was a strange game. We were up big, uh, but you know, being up, being in these two-legged games before, those early huge leads never seemed to stay. Um, but I thought. 
we did a good job of not panicking through that. You know, when leads are going away like that, you know, other teams maybe would have panicked and, you know, got out of their rhythm a little bit. But we hung on, and I thought coming out of there up seven was huge. You know, I was really proud of the fact that we were up seven. And then it set up for a real interesting game on Sunday. Uh, Bristol, physicality and athleticism I was concerned with over the two legs. And I saw Sunday they looked really athletic and really physical. And there were times in that game where, you know, we weren't playing particularly well, but we had to stay focused on the aggregate. And I think that was the most important thing coming in was that not to panic. You know, even though they were up 10 in the game, even though they were playing really well, we were still right there. And I think that was the key thing for the game because in the end, that seven-point difference really was huge, and we were able to navigate through that and get the job done. We made the free throws that we needed to in the big spots. We've done that a lot this season and came away with a hard-earned uh, two-legged victory. Absolutely. I mean, I think over the, the four games, um, how good as individual performances but team contributions across the bench has, has kind of really contributed to, to carrying this to the, to the final. Yeah, I thought, you know, we really got a big lift from Menzies coming back. We thought that um, that Bristol series is going to be really big for him to play well with their offensive rebound. And Menzies is as good of a defensive rebounder that we have in this league. And I thought, you know, his energy and the way he came out early in that first game really set the tone for us. I thought he was huge. I thought Walsh was huge as well. You know, Evans been playing good basketball, really making things happen out on the floor. Um, so I thought those two guys who maybe statistically, you know, were, didn't have high numbers on the season. I thought they were vital in those two games. And obviously, you know, we have so many weapons with the starting team, with Kimball coming off the bench. And, you know, we were able to really, um, you know, get a good team balance over the two legs. Did we play great offensively? Did we make every shot? No, we didn't. But um, I thought we were, our intelligence was, was on display um, throughout this playoff so far. Absolutely. And perhaps I'm just going to pick out uh, kind of one play I'd like to speak out a little bit, yeah. um, which is Zach Jackson. Um, I think uh, it's been garnering some discussion around league MVP. And I was looking at his stats line, and I think, I think I've got this right, Rob. Um, 50, 40, 80 is kind of, his, kind of across the three big stats. How great has Zach been for us this year? Great. He's a great player. I, I, the league top five just came out today and he didn't make it for the MVP well they didn't announce the MVP but he's not making MVP if he didn't make the top five okay. I've not Which, seen that yeah well let's talk about it yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're all shocked in here uh, you know we're just having a discussion about it and, and you know there's good players on that on that team but um, we've thought Zach was um, was a great player for us this year and I think around the league you know, you should recognize that he does all this and he has these numbers, and he's not averaging 25 a game, but he does all this and he wins games. Um, and I think that's important. He's a winner. And I think with Zach, I think the stats are awesome. You just said 50, 40, whatever, 80. Yeah, yeah. But I think winning plays that he makes um, are important. The block that you need in a big spot, the tough rebound that he gets in traffic, the tough finish at the basket when we need a bucket. 
I think he's a guy that uh, comes up clutch in big games. He's been awesome for us. He's a wonderful guy to work with. Uh, you know, he's, he's quiet out there. You know, you see, you don't see a lot of expression on his face, but he's, uh, he's a real character on the team. He uh, has that dry sense of humor that keeps everybody laughing. But, um, yeah, he's a great talent. He works hard. You know, he's, you've been in here a lot. He's one of the last guys to leave here all the time. Uh, and he just has a will to win, and I think um, it's not something that you can teach. You know, it's something that you have to have inside of you, and he ticks all those boxes. So, yeah, he's uh, he's definitely a guy that I think should be talked about as a top five player in this league or or MVP candidate, no doubt. Absolutely. I mean, just it's that time of year with kind of the, the league's giving out awards, and and quickly just to mention British BBL team, we've got two players in that, Pat and Kimball. So they've kind of received nods to how great their seasons has has been. Nobody in the defensive team, though. Again, slightly disappointing, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, those defensive things are tricky to vote for. I think it's always hard to, 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 to vote for the defensive team of the year. I think you know, you know who, when you play on a team and you coach people, you know how good they're defending, maybe better than the other team does. Yeah, you could see the steals and the rebounds and the blocks, but the team defense that guys play is kind of hard to judge. The team of the year in the British for the British players, yeah, I mean, I think it's a no-doubter with Pat and, and Kimball. I thought those two guys uh, not only, you know, represented the national team, but they were really stars in this league this year. Pat, you know, obviously a great shooter, good numbers from the three-point line, but a real rugged... Uh, defender, rebounder, winning player. Another winning player. When you look at Pat and Kimball, um, they're both winning players. You know, I think they were 40 and 5 last year, something like 31 and 14 this year. So these guys have come to this league and they've won a lot. And I think, um, you know, that's, that's more than numbers. You know, I think the numbers are good to look at, but I think when you look at winners, those two are right up there. Absolutely. Just perhaps the last comment or question regarding the Bristol game. Um, and I think you made the point about how important it is. When you're playing aggregate, that compels you, that kind of keeping focus. And Rob, I was, I was watching the game from a sickbed. Yeah. And uh, the few times Sky came to you, I'm not sure whether I've seen you quite so calm and watch was, from a supporter's perspective, feeling highly anxious. Yeah, look, I was... Uh I wanted to make sure in a, in a game like that where nerves are going to be there in an aggregate game. It's just the way it is. I've been in so many of them before. I wanted to make sure that um, no one on our team felt any nervous by felt more nervous by looking at me. And that was certainly something that I went into that game and I knew that keeping the composure from me would be vital. It's not the easiest thing to do. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah I felt like I was able to do it and I think it was important and I think when you looked at our team throughout that game I don't think you really ever saw them panic and um, yeah I think we all had that kind of approach and that was the message in the locker room there will be weird moments just deal with them we're up seven we feel like we we're a really good team and we'll come through it and we did absolutely let's turn Afghan thoughts now to the to the final 0-2 this coming Sunday. Now, critics, BBL critics and people around the game would say, hey, you've played them five times. You've not shown your ability to beat this London team. That's, um, that is a fact. Um, 
What's your response to those sorts of comments, Rob? They're good. Um, <laughs> that's why. I think when you look at our games versus them, I, I really believe that um, you know they were really up for those games. And when they've been up for games this year, nobody's really touched them, right? So they were really up for those games. I feel like the last time we played them, um, obviously we had more of an opportunity to win it at, at the death, right? We had the drive at the end of the game. We were right there. I thought the cup final, we played them pretty, pretty well. We struggled in here against them this year in the arena here. They, 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 they handled us pretty good. Obviously, the first game of the year, they got us. But when you look at them, what's, what's strange to be at this point of the year now and last game, they're almost like a new team. You know, with no Decker, with no Soko, with no Kufis. You know, we've only played them. We haven't played them any time when they were missing all those three. Decker played last game. So they're unique now from what we've seen, you know, with their speed and athleticism. So we're almost preparing for a different team than we've prepared for in the past. And, you know, I've been to the final now eight times, and I don't think anything compares to this, where you're going into the final against a team you've played five times, and they look totally different in a lot of ways. So um, we'll see. Uh, I think that, um, you know, we know we have a real big challenge. We're the heavy underdogs in the game. Uh, but um, I know our guys are going to give it everything they got and, um, you know, going to be excited to be on that floor and going to have to raise their game to get the W. I think you're right. We're going into the game probably as underdogs, which might have been the case for last season, Rob, I don't know. But how, how can you use that mentality to feed us um, for the final? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before when we played them. I think in the Cup we really talked about that. I think our guys understand that. I think now it's just about making sure we're healthy, making sure we have the energy we need, and um, understand the opposition. So we'll do a lot of work this week to understand that. Um, you know, everybody knows we're underdogs. I mean, geez, this is this is a team that probably has the most talent that any team in the BBL's had for a long, long time. We know the track record of all those players, and this is what they were brought here to do. You know, they were brought here to win these type of games. So. Hopefully we can go down there and, and cause the upset and um, and play great basketball. You know we're going to need to play great basketball in the day. And I've seen a lot of these guys in these type of situations play great, great basketball. So um, you know we feel certainly confident with the team that we're bringing down there. So in terms of um, last few questions for me, Rob, um, kind of the the prep. Forty eight hours to go, twenty four hours to go. Final messages as the team led out onto the court. In terms of. What's your role in, in kind of setting the team up for giving the best chances to win? Yeah, it's similar this week, you know, in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, it, that, you know, every week we prepare for a team, we get ready for them, we go, go over what they do. You know, sim everything's pretty similar. But, yeah, I mean, this, this is a, a chance uh, to, to make history. This is a chance to, you know, do something that no one expects you to do. So we'll be giving those messages out. I don't really, like when I have the team talk before the game, I don't really prepare for it that much. I think about a couple things here and there, but kind of just go with it on the moment, right? Um, but the one thing I will be telling a lot of these guys, you know, especially the guys that have been here multiple years, is how much I appreciate what they've done for, for our club, for me, for, for Lester. This has been a brilliant team to be around. It's been a brilliant team to cheer for, and let's give them one more. Let's give them one more great Sunday. 
Absolutely, Rob. So best of luck on Sunday. We're down there rooting for you. Hopefully it's going to be a big um, travelling support, a sea of red, and uh, hopefully we can have one more conversation post-game. That'll be fun. Let's go. I can't wait to see everybody down there. Cheers, Rob. Thanks Thank very much. So obviously that was your conversation earlier today at training um, with Coach Rob. Um, discussed a number of things. Um, we did. Zach being central to those. Yeah, I was kind of... Because um, I went into, and again, it's, it kind of came across an interview and we've already kind of um, mentioned. I'd kind of... For me, leaving home to travelling down to training this morning, they released the, the BBL mm. kind of team of the year. So I'd not pit it up, Rob. Rob was was had and I was just a bit shocked to me and I, I think I said that it's yeah. shocking to me that he's not not in the starting five um mm. and when you look at that five who's remind yourself so who's in the five so, so so it's it, it's Sloan from Caledonia which I can sort of take I and think. that's come off uh, a winning big shot in a yeah. trophy final isn't it? let's be honest yeah although if you're looking at a guard I think for his all-round contribution to a team, Larry Austin could have a say about that. Yeah. Because he's very integral to Cheshire. Definitely. You've got Sam Decker, obviously a fantastic player, incredibly yeah. gifted, yeah. Uh, NBA talent. My only slight qualm with him, and it is slight, I think he's missed too many BBL games. Well, in, interesting you say that. I, I kind of know we, we've spoke about it. A, a, the first is a great talent. And, and, and in some respect, you kind of feel that it's loaded up. He's going to win the league MVP. It feels a given. Yeah. Well, it's kind of that, that simple question that is often out there. Who's the best player on the best team? Yeah. And you've got to say, you've got to give it to him. Lions are the best team this season. And he's their best player. And he's their best player. However, I think in terms of conversation, uh, league games play 21 out of 30. And I said to you previously throughout the season, if you look at his history, it's physically not the most robust uh, and you're going to miss him due to um, injuries. That's a given. And, and, And you can surround him with talent. So I think my view is within the BBL, you can get away with that. Yeah. You surround him with a level of talent. But it's, mm. it, so that's okay. comes to Europe, slightly different. Yeah. When you get to the playoffs in the Europa Cup, that one playoff game, yeah. he, he wasn't there. No, they de- and they desperately needed him. Well, they needed him and Costas. Because <coughs> they... they Has ca- anyone found him yet? No, I don't know where he is. Still missing, missing MIA, missing in action. I was quite good at Where's Wally, and yet I can't yeah, find yeah. Costas anyway. Who knows? Uh, and Rob spoke to that. It's a very different team than what they started off with. And come the big playoff game, and he, was, he, he wasn't there, Costas. Because I think, again, it exposes a little bit. Josh Sharma comes with great attributes, defensive. But he's not highly skilled in and around the paint is mm. a shot blocker athlete and if you look at that it was Badalonia wasn't it that beat him yeah. um, bigger guys or equivalent size guys were much more skillful players uh, and anti- I think he anti- got a little bit exposed anti- I think it was anti-Tomic absolutely cooked him to be yes, fair but, yes. I mean Tomic is an incredible player yes um, he is but going back to where we were which was team of the year Sam Decker my only slight point is that he's not played enough in terms of British Basketball League, and it's supposed to be British Basketball League top five, um, he's missed almost half the games. So yes. that's my... But don't get me wrong, he's a great player. Yeah. Uh, I guess talking to what you said, best player on the best team, it's most valuable player, not best player. Okay. Uh, right. he, what's his value to London versus... Because okay. they've got so much talent. Yeah. 
what's his value to London versus, let's say, VJ King's value to Bristol or yes, yeah. Larry Austin's value to um, Cheshire, Cheshire yeah. or Zach Jackson's value to Leicester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, VJ King, I've got no issues with that. No, not at all. Taj Green. Okay, here and, we go. And I guess sim- singularly, Dirk Williams or Taj Green, yes. I could take. Put together. Together. The Th- team that's finished seventh, seventh. And this is key point. Go on. Losing record. Losing record, 17 and 19. So with a losing record, losing record, record seventh place. place. You're saying that two of those No players, appearance in finals. No appearance in finals. finals no silverware. Where, no possibility of silverware. silverware. Don't know how to play defence. Two of the They're best players. players in the entire league. league. Two of the top five. Comes from that Comes guys. from the seventh place team. London's got one. They've romped the league. Yes, one. Yeah. Already got two pieces of yeah. silverware in yeah, contention yeah. for a third. Hopefully not. Yeah. But in contention for a third, they've got one player. You know how much I kind of... We talk about MVP on the best team. Um, you know, I've, I, you know I, I feel very strongly about... Um, Taylor, yeah, their point guard. Tyler. Oh yeah, Jordan Taylor. Jordan Taylor. Um, I think he arguably he's the guy who pulls the strings there. Mm. My opinion. Yeah, he's not. He's not in the best five. No, and uh, I'm. I'm. I'm sorry. Zach's been robbed. Is how I'm going to phrase it. Yeah, he's been over those robbed. two. And again, I think. And again, looking at the stats, and we've had a look at them. I've, you know, looked at Zach's, and I think I probably I, I, I talked to it to Rob, and perhaps he'd not picked it up. Um, and we need to explain what it means. Mm-hmm. Fifty, 40, 40, 80. So fifty is. I think it's fifty-three percent from the field generally. Yeah, yeah. great number. Fantastic. Okay. Forty percent, I think, yeah. is a bit just a little bit above that. He knows exactly. Is it forty percent from the three point line? That's an elite level of three point shooting. Yeah, and eighty percent from the three sh- free throw. Free throw again, elite shooting. You'll take that. So fifty, forty, eighty is not good. It's elite. It's incredible. Let's That's con- what it is. It is incredible. You look at NBA players, elite shooters. You Chris Middleton's from Milwaukee Bucks. Um, those guys are only flirting with those sort of numbers well, most seasons. Yeah, they, they occasionally flirt, and the kind of the line is 50, 40, 90. Yeah. You know, so to think 50, 40, yeah. 90. That they're, is the, they're the best players NBA. in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Not just NBA players, yes. like top level NBA yeah, yeah, players. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. And I think what, what the, the votes have done, and obviously they're visible now, so we can see which players and coaches don't know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> well, you looked, you it, looked it, into Dirks, didn't you? Yeah. So, that so, three stat. That three stat. So, he's lower in two of them. So, his yes. three point percentage is higher, but both his field goal and free throw are lower. Um, and I guess it talks to a lack of, I guess, support for efficiency. And yes. it's an incredibly overlooked statistic. So uh, over the weekend that's just gone, I rewatched a film that I really, really enjoy. It's called Moneyball, um, Brad Pitt, Jeremy yep. Hill. know it. It's about baseball yeah. and the Oakland A's and how they, as a small budget team, can win basically following just stats, statistics. And they have this method and they don't win it all, but they have the longest streak ever in their league, their division uh, along the way. Spoiler alert. But it's based on a real story. Um and they do that purely by following statistics. So I guess, being the basketball nerd or fan that I am, I think 
if you were to do money ball basketball, what stats would you use? And I think efficiency and field goal percentage is like number one or number two. Yeah, definitely. Because if you create made basketball a turn based game and you both have you you have a shot, I have a shot, you have a shot, you the team that's more efficient wins. Um simply put, and he's one of the most efficient players uh, in the league. I, I think it's just so criminally Criminally underrated. Outrageous. Yeah, I mean, he got eight votes. Outrageous. He got eight votes. He should have got more. Yeah. Way more. Uh, yeah. Mark also got eight. Congratulations to Mark. And we're not, you know, putting down on Mark any point, you know, any point. Mark probably should have got a few more votes as well. It's just that we're, we really feel that Zach's been hard done by. Um, but yeah, they might score a few more points per game, but they're taking a lot more shots to get those points. Um, but yeah, so I'm, as you can tell, I'm quite passionate about that. No, absolutely. But does that lead us nicely into... Yeah, so sort of after hearing that, you obviously heard Zach hadn't made it. Yeah. You took the decision to speak to Zach. Grab Zach. Um, talk about that, his performances this year, the 50, 40, 80. Um, talk about that a little bit with him, how he's, he's maintained that. And you do give him an award, although it's got an interesting name. Yeah, it has. Let's, let's listen to hear that conversation. So I'm just with Zach Jackson. Hey, Zach, big congratulations. We, The team's down the last game of the season at the O2. So big congratulations for that. Talk to us a little bit about a kind of route through the playoffs. How have you seen it, your individual performance and the team performance? Uh, I mean, just I know i got to be locked in more on defence and that's kind of what I try to focus on in the Bristol series. I know Sheffield, first game. Uh, I don't think I played particularly well, but, you know, we had the hardest role. We had to play Sheffield, who has been playing well the second half of the season, and then obviously we know Bristol was right there with us in the loss column. So it was it was really a tough road to get to the finals, but I think we uh, performed well and stayed locked into the game plan and were able to get there. I think you're very hard on yourself, Zach. Yeah. Um, I think, um, interestingly enough, um, I see the BBL kind of have put out their team of the season this morning before travelling down here and I see you're not in the first five which for me is shocking that you're not in the top five and you should be in the discussion for the MVP um, how have you performed so well this season for the riders because you certainly this has been your best season in my opinion while you've been with us uh, I mean you know Gino leaving I think it was just more responsibility me, me and Mark were able to come in and kind of we needed more playmakers, so it was just an uh, opportunity opened up, and I worked on my game over the summer and was able uh, to step into the role of being able to make a little bit more plays for the team. I think if I look at your stat line, I think you're a. I think I'm right, and I've interpreted this correctly. You're a 50, 40, 80 this this season. So that speaks to you playing at such a high level, which is incredibly impressive. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I'm not. I've never really been like a volume shooter, like ever. Uh, high school, college, I kind of, I don't think I ever led the team in shot attempts, but uh, yeah, I just tried to be as efficient as possible, and then I obviously worked on my three-pointer a lot over the summer, just being more of a mindset to be aggressive has kind of helped, like, just improve my overall statistics. I think it is about that efficiency, it's not necessarily volume, it's efficiency is kind of underrated some, some occasions, I think. Yeah, I mean... I, that's my opinion as well, but I understand like if that's not everyone's opinion. I don't expect everyone to see the game the same way as me. Or I know people just see the game different ways. Like if someone averages 
a couple more points a game, but they shoot 10% lower. It's like, where's the efficient, or like, where's the difference, or which one do you prefer? It's it's, a, it's up for interpretation, but it's not up for me to to you know be upset about it or anything like that. I think if efficiency has always always got to be a big a big component of kind of when you're evaluating a, a player's kind of um, a bit value to the team. Just just speak to a little bit because you did mention how important is the summer season that was approaching in terms of developing your skill set and continue to, to develop and kind of track upwards, which uh, you've certainly done while you've been with us. Yeah, I mean, I love I love the summers like. I don't, I don't work in the summers, you know, I save my money and I like to just be in the gym and, you know, a couple times a day, July comes around, maybe maybe three times a day, like during during July, but I like playing pickup in the summer, I like just working on my game and getting better, it's nothing like getting some buckets in a pickup game and just, this really, last two summers have been like my first two summers with a trainer and last summer was the first summer I had the whole summer where I was healthy, so I'm looking forward to the summer to just keep working on my game and you know I'm only 25 so I think I can still get a lot better and I think physically I can still get a lot better you know playing long seasons like I have in more minutes it's there's a lot of stuff I could improve on going into the summer. Certainly at 25 you're not you're nowhere near your peak yeah yeah, yeah. so that that's still in front of you Zach uh, and fingers crossed it's with us but we know that's to negotiations down track. Let's talk about a little bit about the final that's upcoming really excited about Thoughts about the game against the London Lions, the big rivalry, I guess, this season. Your thoughts about what you have to do, what the team has to do really well to come away with that win, Zach? Uh, well, we really just got to lock in on film because every time we play them, they have they have the luxury of having a lot of players they can ro- rotate in and out. So it's a different team every time we play them. And now they're more, they play more small ball, they press more and stuff. So we'll have to really lock in and come up with a game plan. But... I mean, we have talent, they have talent. It's really just going to come down to execution and just little plays. Defense, like, you know, getting a loose ball, stopping a certain run, you know, that's really what the championship games come down to. Okay, so we're really excited, looking forward to this Sunday. Um, I guess finally, just just for us then, um, our little podcast, Along for the Ride, um, we wanted to just kind of award you our, your hour, our little podcast, Season of the Player Award. Unfortunately, Zach, no money, no, no, no trophy. Yeah, but, good. but it's just, and there's only me and my co-presenter Greg. It's all good. I got something. I got some. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. But we wanted to let you know you're our, our kind of undoubtedly player, riders player of the season. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, Zach, thanks for your time stepping by. Lots yes, of luck on Sunday. We're shouting for you and uh, go riders. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, man. So that was Zach, Mr. 50-40-80, Big Country Jackson. Seriously? That's right. Seriously been robbed, mate. But anyway, <laughs> um, obviously we are going to have a proper awards show at the end of the season, but it, the timing felt right to let Zach know that he was our um, Along for the Ride player of the season. He's our MVP for the Riders. Yes. Um, or season of the player to some. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I know. I, I, I've, I've not been well, you know. Have you not? You're no. Not, you've not so, brought it up. And it's an example of political, as they often refer to, misspeaking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, um, what I thought was really interesting about Zach and speaks to him and why he's such a good cog in the wheel. Yeah. And, and you referenced it within the interview. You've been a bit hard on yourself. 
he's been so good and yet he still wants to be better. He wants to be able to yeah. do more. Yeah. Not just in terms of basketball skill, talent, ability, but his physical capabilities as yeah. well. And he spoke to that. Um, and I think that ever-improving nature and mindset is what's got him to this point. Um, it's not often that we have players for three seasons in a row, although we've got one that's done four and we're going to speak to him soon. And he's got better every season. No, I think I think that's the thing. I think some of that, as as he spoke to, some of it is, a, you know, um, health issues that he's, he's struggled a mm. little bit with, and uh, that's one thing. But we know at twenty five, we we know kind of watching enough sports and particularly basketball is not is not at peak Jackson yet. No, you know, I think that's probably around twenty eight, twenty eight, twenty nine, before you get at your peak. You know, health. Health, yeah. you know, being so, all good. So if Jackson's a mountain, he's on the ascending side. Yeah, but he's not at he's peak. He's not at the top, no. He's not at peak Jackson yet. That's still to come. Yeah, um, and, and, and hopefully, I mean, he spoke last last summer, he worked with a trainer and he was fully healthy all summer, and that he dedicates his summers to um, working out and getting better, playing pick-up, rather than try and pick up another job. Yes. And I guess, up to that point, congratulations to Patrick Whelan, who will be in the CEBL, the, the Canadian League, which is a bit like a summer league, so it sort of plays opposite to our to our league. He's going to be going uh, and playing for Niagara Yeah, in that, so congratulations to him. The, the thing that worried me a little when I saw that flash up initially, yeah. I just saw the Patrick Whelan size for the Lions. That was kind of because it's the Niagara Lions, it isn't is. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just thought I just finished and I went, oh no, surely not, Pat. Uh, and then I read it properly yeah. and realised it was Niagara. And your heart unsunk. It, yeah, yeah, it raised up a little bit, it floated. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, but yeah. So again, we'll, we'll talk about. It. We're going to have a, at the end of the season. We're going to have an award show. But first, a for art award has been awarded. Player of the season, Zach Jackson. I think I think what we and as I said to him, um, just a couple of things really. We ought to get our act together and get a little a little um, shield done yeah. for future years. You know, you I felt like we'd, we'd got nothing to give him other than just you know our endrel, sorry, endless drivel of talking. <laughs> uh, I feel I feel we ought to, to give him a little support. I guess the other thing to, to bear in mind, and this is why it's different, and uh, the sample size is very small. Yeah, uh, in terms of voting, he, he got a unanimous vote. Yeah, a hundred percent. But yeah. it's just, so the sample size is as we know. Two. It's just two, and and you know, you know, and the people might say, "Why don't you invite people from the pod to to vote?" But that's what the supporters' clubs um, player of the season award is for, which has been awarded by to Kimball, well deserved. Yeah. So so we wanted you know be a bit different. So it's with only two people allowed to yeah. vote for the A four R. Well, yeah, player and, of the award. And to be honest, Ted didn't have any qualms with it. No, 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 no. He uh, he, 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 he agrees with it, don't you, Ted? Fully on board. Fully on board. There yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess before we move on to our final interview, um, yeah. I've already given a clue as to that who that is. Um, there's been some news sort of broken. A BBL Woj bomb. Woj bomb. Yes. Kind of. Uh, a kind of. I noticed um, uh, that tends to get leet. I think mm. it's leet being leet. It's by the and you know lots of respect. Big up Mark Woods up at Scotland. Yeah, he's been a reporter around basketball for years and years. Highly respected, fantastic reporter. He does other sports as well, but he's, he's clearly got a love and a passion for his his basketball and the kind of Glasgow, Edinburgh yeah. kind of any basketball happening in Glasgow uh, or around Scotland. And Mark's on it, mm. but I, I kind of just want to refer to him now as Moke. 
uh, smoke, Mark Wojnowski Woods, yeah. because he always seems to get these early stories out very, yeah. very quick. Um, so he's obviously got the inside track. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and kind of what he posted was uh, a couple of things that we, we kind of are anticipating, I guess, because mm. there is there is this kind of um, kind of thing that's been leaked that following the final, there's going to be a series of announcements regarding yeah. the BBL. And certainly kind of what he's reported is, is a couple of things. A, we're just going to go to one cup competition a year mm. and it will be the BBL Cup that will go. Yeah. And it'll be just a trophy. Yeah. Interestingly... Will the trophy probably still be in January, which is where it's historically been paid? I think so, so the trophy's going to move to January, January which is when the yes. Cup's been played. Yes, yes. So effectively, Glasgow's losing its final. Well, that's what it seems to suggest, assuming that it remains in Birmingham, which I hope it does, because I think it's just a, one of the best courts mm. uh, for watching basketball in the UK, in my, in my opinion. Also, as an aside, it's a neutral venue, which I think is better for a yes. final. Although the yes. atmosphere at Glasgow for the trophy would have been incredible. It would have been. Um, so, that's, so that's one thing that's been... Uh, um, it's been rumoured that we're going to go away from and that we get to the playoffs aggregate will go and it'll be just the best of three yeah interesting obviously lots of people I guess calling call for that for a while it, it, yeah. it's been that in the past and actually the season that was ended early due to Covid it was announced that season was going to be best of three Okay, and then the season got cancelled partway through due to Covid and then when we came back from Covid it was back to aggregate again. I think initially that was due to the fact that stuff was being played behind closed doors and they did yes. everyone in one place all at the same time. Um, but yeah, in, so they, they did try and bring it back not that long ago um, and now it's back. And uh, and something I've seen um, floating around the rumour sphere is that eventually the final will be best of three. Yes, that's been, been kind of muted. So a bit more akin to NBF. I'm not adverse to that, mm. but it's kind of just... Are you then taking it away from that O2 kind of spotlight focus, big famous arena? Yeah. Which, again, that's a debate to be yeah. had. I've got no real strong feelings about that, yeah. uh, but more of a, a kind of um, NBA style kind of things. That'd, that'd be interesting, yeah. one to track. Uh, I mean, the O2 being the showpiece, it wouldn't be a massive shock if, if long term the trophy went to the O2 mm, yeah. and the best of three went. You know, back and forth, Both, yeah. or the O2 could be the host of the other thing that they've announced. Yeah, which is kind of what seems to be mooted. Seems to be coming uh, on on track to replace the cup competition. Is this notion of an of an all star game, which you know doesn't really excite me too much, if I'm honest. No, I couldn't. I, I genuinely could not be less excited. No, and I, and I think I think this is where there is a bit of a mismatch in terms of cultural differences. Um, between um, our friends over the pond, uh, yeah. North American sports, to what we experience here. If, you th- if we look at, if we contrast the major leagues and mm. major sports from across the pond, NBA has an all-star game. Yeah, although interestingly, I think public opinion and interest in that has never been lower okay they're constantly trying to find new ways and new sort of concepts they've got the new scoring method etc yeah um all that sort of stuff to try and re-spark public interest i don't think interest has ever been lower in the all-star okay. game Let me just just to come to that maybe we yeah. finish this point that um major league baseball i believe has an yeah. all-star yeah. game nfl at the end they of the season, the Pro Bowl. But which is in effect an, an all-star, all-star game. game. So there's that culture and that history around that. Let's contrast that to this side of the pond. Yeah. Okay. Our major sports, um, football, or soccer, 
but it's really football. Yeah. No history of an all-star game. No, no interest. No, and when new Chelsea owner Todd Bowley yeah. um, mooted, it. mooted it, the backlash was, <laughs> was ferocious. Seriously, no. Seriously? No. Talking about, uh, talking about Chelsea, that's BFG's yeah. team. Is it really? Yeah, I know. By choice, I think. Really? Yeah, I know. Close to relegation this season. Yeah. Now, are they safe? Well, no. We'll never admit they're safe. Okay, right. So anyway, that's football. Let's look at the other sports. Um, rugby union? No. No all-star game. Cricket? No. No. So there's no history or appetite this side of the pond for all-star games. So I'm just, I'm just being, you know, that damp squid... In the corner, miserable Mark, um, who's querying um, how successful that, e- that even that it's wanted by anybody from yeah. the greater community, but BBL community supporting, watching. Yeah, it's one of those things. So we've been in a lot of the sort of what's referred to as town hall meetings. We were in an announcer meeting with Aaron Radin, and he's been sort of pushing the idea of an all-star game in every meeting that I've ever been in that he's been involved with. Um, And yet, before this season, I've not heard anyone say we should have an all-star game, like anywhere, uh, in terms of the BBL. It's not something that, yeah, I think is of potential interest. And players don't want to play very hard because they don't want to get in well, that's P- players constantly carrying niggles and small injuries for the season. Yeah, they if there's a break in the season, they'd probably prefer to rest. Well, just just think. Um, yeah, obviously our coaches up and down the coach, coach Pat, coach Rob, for instance. You know, kind of just thinking, do I want to send my players there? What happens if they get injured? Yeah. We spoke earlier on this pod, Decker, um, Sam Decker's history yeah. of health. Mm. You know, so. Is there any great appetite from players, from coaches, from supporters? Yeah. I just don't think it's there. No, I, I, and to be honest, if you're into that sort of thing, I think that you know at least the Harlem Globetrotters are open with the fact that it's purely for entertainment purposes, and no one's really trying. Yes, um, I think I think that, that that market's already you know taken up by those a little bit. So that one for me is a miss. Um, the best of three, I've no issues with it. Lots of people crying for it. However, how exciting was our most recent aggregate you know two leg series so I think either way can lead to fantastic basketball I don't think people have always been very negative on the aggregate and I can get it you look at the first round of playoffs this year most first games were blowouts as was the closest and so none of the second legs really mattered so I get that you've removed the possibility of excitement um, from that so yeah much of a muchness but you know best of three people want it let's have it um I think there's probably more announcements to come um, in terms of the way that commentary's done. Yeah, yeah. Potentially even logos and colours. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll watch this space yeah, and see what comes out after the O2 final. Yeah. But, but s- yeah, so these, obviously, Mark Woods has, has, has delivered Wojnowski these. Woods. Yeah, Wojnowski Woods. Um, Shams um, has dropped these, which he's not normally wrong. He's not. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is, you know, it, it's a fact that Aaron Radding's making a statement after the BBL game as part of the post-conference media thing. Um, I'm sure no one listening to this, apart from maybe one or two, have, have, have been through to look at media accreditation for the final. But it says there... Specifically, there'll be a special announcement from Aaron Radin. So an announcement of some sort is coming, whether it's just this or anything more, we don't know. Um, 
But moving away from the league and targeting, zooming back into our fantastic riders, and one fantastic rider in particular whose time with us will be coming to an end on Sunday, not just with us, but with the game of professional basketball, your captain, number 50, Darian Nelson-Henry. So, Darian, um, it's a couple of weeks since I spoke to you, just before the playoffs started. And I guess we finished that interview, it's from Embry. Wouldn't be great if the last game you played on a basketball court would be the O2. And guess what? We're here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's super exciting. Um, I couldn't ask for a, for a better ending other than uh, to win it, you know. And um, obviously we're going to do everything in our, in our power to accomplish that. And um, I, I couldn't think of a sweeter way to go out. And I'm looking forward to it a lot. So in terms, um, we've gone through the playoffs, two difficult rounds. Talk to me a little bit how individually you've played, but also collectively as a team, how we've played against Sheffield and a very tough Bristol team. Yeah, I mean, I think this uh, this playoff shaped up a little different than last year. I mean, last year we played, what, uh, Plymouth and Glasgow in the, in the playoffs, and that was a pretty easy road to the finals. And now we had to uh, face two pretty hard-nosed um, talented teams um, that we that we were able to overcome, which is great. Um, personal effort, you know, I just did what I what I try and normally do, you know, uh, fill in some gaps where I can, you know, get a couple of rebounds, a couple of points here and there, and that's that's just that's that's my mo usually. But um, in terms of in terms of overall collective play, I think I'm really proud of the guys for how locked in they were, and you know, just the performances that we were able to string together. It's not it's not easy playing. Uh, Friday, Sunday, and especially with the end of our schedule in regular season, we played Friday, Sunday about like the last six weeks in a row or seven weeks in a row or something like that. So the guys, uh, it takes a lot of discipline, you know, to, to play those back-to-back weekends. And it takes a lot of mental maturity and fortitude, you know, to stay locked in for the next opponent or which is sometimes even harder, the same opponent uh, when you have to make those adjustments on the fly. And I, I can't speak highly enough about how the guys have adapted and, and worked throughout this postseason. Just, just one player I want to ask you about against the Bristol team. I think you was coming down the lane. It looked as though you were going to really dunk it aggressively. I think you got the, the two points, but I think you got fouled, so it just missed what looked like you wanted to dunk. But that roar of emotion that you let out, that roar that I've probably not often seen from you. Do you know which, which play I'm talking about, Dan? Yeah, 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 I do. I should have dunked it. <laughs> I think uh, you got caught. I think uh, you got fouled. Yeah, it was the hit on the noggin. That's what got me, you know. I was a little, I went blind for a second. Just wanted to make sure I got the two points. Um, no, but, yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was an emotional point in the game. Obviously, Bristol's a talented team that uh, plays really hard, and um, they were on a bit of a run, so... Um, to, and, I, and I hadn't been scoring crazy that game, so I, I was looking for more you know, vital points than volume points, and uh, those were a big two for us to kind of turn the momentum, and I think the crowd really picked up after that, after a bit of a lull. So, um, yeah, you know, it's uh, a testament to what the Riders fans bring to, uh, to bring to us, and when we can get them involved, and I'm sure they're going to show up in force in the O2, and, and when we can get you guys involved down there, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to you know, really help build momentum for us and, and carry us through the game. So talking about the O2 final, it's against the old enemy really, London Lions. What do you think you'll be feeling as you go out onto that court, that big wonderful court down at London, to play your last ever competitive basketball game? What sort of emotions are you going to be trying to contain, um, manage really, Darian? Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's always a tricky one going down to the O2 because 
it's such an amazing environment. The atmosphere is crazy, and you're uh, you're walking through the hallways, seeing signed posters from Mick Jagger and Elton John, and like all these people who you're like, I don't I don't belong in the same arena as these people. But uh, at the end of the day, you're out there in front of 15,000 people, you know, performing. So um, you got to really prepare for that mentally, I guess. But at the same time. You don't want to do too much different because um, you've played in a million basketball games and and you've done well in most of them. So you want to try and uh, stay even keeled and uh, never get too high, never get too low. And, you know, just keep your head down and keep working. It's, and you don't want to, um, I don't know, over hype yourself because then you then mistakes also start to uh, seep their way into your game. So it's just a balance of um, confidence in, in your abilities and excitement for uh, how much the game means. What do you see as being the keys to the game for, for Leicester to be successful on Sunday? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a hard-fought battle uh, regardless of what we do, I think. You know, it's, it's one of those games, uh, last year was the best example of it I could imagine. You know, it was a game of runs. We go up, they go up, they come back, we come back. You know, it's one of those, and, and, and especially in the playoffs, but even more so in the final when you know it's just one game. Um, you got to weather the weather the runs. You got to make adjustments on the fly, and you got to play physical because um, you know, ideally, can't promise anything, but ideally the refs let us play um, in the in the in the final, and and we can you know, really have a quality game of basketball that really comes down to, you know, who wants it more. And um, if, if that's the if that's the case, I think we're in good shape. OK, so Darren, we, I know I said this previously, but it's really just to endorse the supporters feeling to thank you for your years that you've been here. You've been a great ambassador for the club, for the city. You're going to be much missed and hopefully you'll you keep in touch and lots of luck on Sunday. No, thank you so much. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't do it without you guys and I appreciate all the support. I mean, it's been immense uh, since the announcement and um, yeah, again, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough and uh, I'm excited to get one more for you. Thanks a lot, Darren. Best of luck. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. So that was Darren's thoughts. And I felt, I know we spoke to him on the last episode, but I felt, you know, we kind of left it two weeks ago. Wouldn't it be great if you got to the final kind of game um, at the O2? How great that would be. So I felt mm. it, we needed to revisit to him and speak to him again. You know, his feelings, his emotions around, you know what, this is my last ever competitive game of basketball so I think and, and to the man he is you know and I said he's been a great ambassador for the club and the city I think we just needed to kind of almost give him the opportunity to have the last word um, on the podcast for, for, for today yeah um, fantastic servant for the riders fantastic captain and been balling in the playoffs let's be honest he's been playing probably his best basketball of the season so far De definitely didn't want his career to end early and I guess a little riders rumour before the end go on obviously we spoke about how his jersey's almost turning into a poncho the red yes. jersey that is yes yes what the riders rumour is will the enlisted away team yes lower seed away team so, so we'll be playing in white yes which means Darian will have a full jersey on wow, wow. there you go there you go so that's it from us for this week here on Along for the Ride. We hope you've enjoyed us coming back after a week off due to illness. Um, but all that's left for me to say is, Sunday, it's the pinnacle of the season. It's the finale, the grand finish. 
tickets are still available don't miss out you will regret it it's going to be a fantastic day with both our wbbl and bbl teams in action both taking on the london lions it'd be fantastic to have a sea of red in london we're going to be outnumbered because it's in london we need each and every one of you to come down wear red make lots and lots and lots and lots of noise and give darian the send-off that he deserves But anyway, I'd just like to thank you from me and Mark for staying awake with Along for the Ride.